Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. You know, we're in a, a series Pastor Brandon started about the classics, the classics in the Old Testament. So many of them, Moses, Noah, David, uh, they're just, you know, over and over and over. So many good stories, so many good stories. And we don't want to overlook these stories. See, sometimes we have that idea that we've got to go through the school of hard knocks to learn something. And that's simply untrue. That's only true if you believe it to be true. Because the truth is that these stories were written for us to learn from. They're, they're there for us. And we should learn from them. It can save us a lot of heartache, a lot of grief. You know, our first scripture this morning, Romans 15, 4, says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. The Bible is full of examples for us to learn from, not turn from. We need to learn from them, not turn from them. They're, they're, they're life-giving. You know, uh, we don't hear much today in our society. There's not a lot of talk about covenant. But in God's eyes, covenant is extremely important. You know, when you enter into a marriage covenant, it's an agreement between two parties. And you pledge what you will do for each other. You know, my wife and I, we've been married... Coming up on 41 years in August. And, yeah. It's all her. It ain't me, let me tell you. But uh, I, I remember, you know, when we, we pledged ourselves to each other. Man, I, you know, I did it without fear. The fear came later. But, uh, you know, at that time, no fear. No fear. But God is extremely interested in that covenant that he has with us. And he is very, very uh, tuned in to our covenant and what he has promised us. In the old covenant, under the Old Testament law, in which David lived, it, your blessings from God were based on your performance. You do good, you get good. You do bad, you get bad. Thank God we're in a new covenant where all of the blessings are based on Jesus' performance. See, it's all about what Jesus did. And if you believe what Jesus did, you can enter into those blessings. Amen? Amen? That's so important. That's so important. I was not raised that way. I was raised in a, in a home and in a church body that, you know, if I had a flat tire today, it was because of something I did yesterday. That's a horrible way to live. So I hope when y'all go out of here today, you'll know that God has a covenant with you if you're a believer and it's a covenant of blessing. Amen? The battle. I'll give you the scenario. I'm missing my giant. There he is. I didn't see him in the first service. I don't like having my back to him. But, uh, you know, the army of Israel, the army of the Philistines, they're lined up on two mountains, a valley between them. They're getting ready for battle. And then the Philistines 
they pull out their, their sneak weapon, Goliath, the giant. And he comes out every day for 40 days, and he taunts the armies of Israel. And, and he's huge. You know, you can't really blame him for being scared, but physically a huge guy. But he comes out every day, and he tells them, says, you know, why should the armies fight each other? Why should a lot of people perish? Just send one person down to fight me. If he beats me, we'll be your slaves. If I beat him, you'll be our slaves. Sound like a fair deal. You know, Goliath didn't think anybody could beat him. You know, a lot of your enemies don't think they can be beaten. I don't know what your Goliath is today. It could be sickness. It could be financial problems. It could be a marriage problem. But it's beatable. It's beatable. In God, it's beatable. The size of Goliath. Most scholars think he was around nine foot nine, roughly what he is on this screen right here. Probably weighed 450 or so pounds. Uh, his coat of armor weighed 125 pounds, more probably than what David weighed. And his spearhead weighed 15 pounds, just the head of the spear, 15 pounds. That's like throwing a shot put at somebody. Unbelievable how big this guy is. But here's the problem with the army of Israel. They had talked about this giant so much every day, every day, how big he is, how bad he is, that they believed in their heart they couldn't beat him. They believed in their heart they couldn't beat him. And I don't know what your problem is today, what giant you're facing, but if you talk about your giant more than you talk about God, you won't be able to beat that giant. Amen? That's the truth. That's the truth. Um, if they had looked back in history, this was not the first time that Israel had faced giants. When they came out of Egypt and God was trying to move them into the promised land, Moses sent 12 spies to go spy out the land. Ten of them come back and says, we can't take it. There, there are too many giants. Their cities are fortified. We, we can't do it. Joshua and Caleb come back and said, no, we can take it because God has given us this land. They believed what God had told them. Do you believe what God has told you? You've got to think about those things. You need to see yourself as God sees you. So the giant's coming out every day. The army of Israel is, is scared, literally scared of him. And then here comes the shepherd boy, David. Probably 15 to 18 years old, young guy. His dad had sent him up there to take some food to his brothers. He had three brothers that were fighting in the army of Israel. And David hears the giant. He hears his, his taunts. You know, David immediately recognizes the real issue. The giant did not have a covenant with God. He was an uncircumcised Philistine, which meant he did not have a covenant with God. And David hones in on that immediately. And he, he sees that. We'll look in 1 Samuel 17, 24. It says, when, whenever the Israelites saw the man, the giant, they all fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and exempt his family from taxes in Israel. 
David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? See, immediately David goes to his covenant. Who is this guy? Who is he? He's nothing. I have a covenant with God. This guy doesn't. This guy is nothing. David's response was so much different than the others. The others are frightened. The others are running in fear. David was not in fear. And then David, he also asked, what's the rewards? You know, two of them sound really good. Great wealth, no more taxes. The third one, I would think that David would want to know what the daughter looked like. Because it might not be worth fighting him. I'd want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. But David continues to speak his faith. He speaks his faith. And you see, his brother, his oldest brother, Eliab, he began to criticize him. He began to criticize him. And he probably felt a little inferior to David. See, Eliab knew that David had been anointed to be the next king. Not many people knew that. But his brothers and his dad and mom, they knew. And I think he felt a little average in front of David because David's standing in faith and David's ready to go fight this guy that nobody else wants to tackle. I think he felt a little, you know, intimidated. But here's the difference. David was a worshiper before he was a warrior. The other guys are warriors. David was a worshiper first, warrior second. And that's an unbeatable combination. I don't care how big you are, how small you are, how young you are, how old you are. If you'll be a worshiper slash warrior, you'll win those battles every time. Every time. So David continues to speak his faith. He continues to say, I'll kill this guy. He ain't nothing. And word gets back to King Saul. And Saul calls for him. And when he walks in, it's kind of funny because... Saul looks at David and said, you're just a kid. This, this guy, this giant has been a warrior since his youth. And you're just a youth. You can't beat him. Yeah, it reminds me of that story, Tombstone, when uh, old Wyatt Earp was asking, what's his name, the, the dentist? I can't think of his name. He said, yes, Doc Holliday. There you go. He says, can I beat him? No, you can't. You can't beat him. That's kind of the way this deal was. But David, we'll read in, in 1 Samuel 17. Look what David says. David said to Saul, says, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and struck it and killed it. Some translations say he caught it by the hair and clubbed it to death. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine, this non-covenant Philistine, will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the bear, or the lion and the paw of the bear, will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Go. See, David, again, in front of Saul, he went back to his covenant. He went back to who God says he was. That's how he approached this problem. You know, it's interesting uh, that 
Saul gave in to David. He saw something in David that made him tell him, go ahead. Because he put the whole future of Israel on the shoulders of David. Their future rested on him. And if Saul called it wrong, they were going to become the servants of the Philistines. It was a huge undertaking. But here's a funny thing, too, that Saul did next. He tries to give David his armor. And it was way too big for him. Saul was a big man. Saul was a tall guy. And David says, I can't use these. But, you know, it's, it reminds me, a lot of times, the people that won't go fight the battle are the first ones to tell you how to go fight it. Amen? You need to really look at those people real close. You really do. A covenant believer, a believer in what God's done for you, should view their problems different than an unbeliever. See, because your mind, everybody's mind is like a magnifying glass. Whatever you focus on the most, that's what gets biggest. You, you focus on your problem enough, that's what gets bigger. If you focus on your problem more than God, your problem's going to be bigger than God. That's just the truth of the matter. But here's the thing also. In Jesus, your problem's already been defeated. If you're a believer... In Jesus, you're already a winner. You may not know it yet, but you need to discover that so you can move forward. See, it says in the Word that Jesus has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. All things. He's given us every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. See, if you know that, and that's the image you have of yourself, you're undefeatable. You're undefeatable. And that's the way David was. And David was not in as good a covenant as we have. If you don't magnify God above your giant, you'll never defeat your giant. You've got to magnify God first. See, Jesus sees you as righteous and redeemed, healed and holy, victorious and prosperous. If you're in a covenant with Jesus, that's how he sees you. You need to see yourself that way instead of seeing yourself as defeated. It's easy to look at the giant and say, I can't do it. But if you look at God first and stay focused on God, you can tell him, I'll kick your tail all over this place. <laughs> and you will in faith. David considered not the giant. The truth is, Goliath never had a chance. He didn't have a covenant with God. He never really had a chance. David was a covenant man. He was a worshiper. He was a warrior. You know, this story would not be in the Bible if David had killed one of the seven dwarfs. He wouldn't. You know, you could see the headlines, David kills Dopey with a slingshot. Probably not a good headline. But David... He knew this much, and, and you need to understand this. Whether you're fighting a dwarf problem or a giant problem, you fight them the same way. You go to God first. You know who you are, and you tackle that problem with God in mind first. doesn't matter how big the problem, how little the problem, you fight it the same way. David was young, probably 15, 18 years old. They said he was a good-looking kid, probably a mama's boy. 
physically not big. I, David probably wasn't five five or five six according to history, but spiritually big, spiritually big. He'd spent a lot of time with God when he was guarding the sheep. Wrote a lot of psalms. David, you know, it says in the scripture that God said David had a heart after him. Had a heart after him. Goliath was a trash talker. You ever had anybody like that in your life? I've had a few. Goliath was a trash talker. And he was telling David, you know, I'll feed your flesh to the birds and the animals. He talks just like his daddy, Satan. That's the way Satan does you. When you're in a battle, he wants to take your focus off God. He wants to tell you you're not able. You're not worthy. You're not righteous. God wouldn't do that for you. See, that's how Satan does you. That's how Satan does you. But you've got to get away from that. You've got to focus on what God says. Back in uh, 78, Laurie and I got married. This is not about Laurie being Goliath. Now, I got a little mixed up in the first service. Got it across the wrong way. She, she's never been a giant. But uh, not in fighting anyway. But I was, I was working on a city place. I went to work in the city place in 1977. I was 20 years old. Back then, you could go to work four years 21, and you had a year to go to school. I mean, they didn't even send you through an academy first. We didn't have any intermediate weapons back then either. It was you had your gun and your handcuffs and your, your hands. I mean, there was no taser, no pepper spray. I mean, you, you just went from one extreme to the other. There, there was nothing in between, nothing legal in between. And uh, anyway, I was working one Saturday, and this is the, really the first giant I had faced in law enforcement, not like physically as big as that, but a giant. Uh, this guy, I had arrested him before for various things and never had any trouble out of him. But his record spoke for itself. He'd been in the pen more than he had been out in the public. He'd escaped twice from the pen, once with force, once without force. He'd killed a guy in the pen in a fight. Just good guy, you know, just a real good guy you like to meet. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, I was arresting him on a theft charge. And I get him out to my patrol car. I get one handcuff on him. And he swings around and takes a big swing at me. Thankfully, I ducked under it. And I knew I needed to end this fight quick because I knew how bad he was. And I was carrying a, a Colt Combat Commander 45, and I jerked that gun out, and I hit him just as hard as I could right across here, thinking, I'm going to end this fight quick. You know what? It just started it. <laughs> it was just the beginning. And uh, this guy, you know, he had size on me. He had strength. He had experience. He had fought his whole life. I was young, I was quick, I was determined, and I'd had limited, very limited boxing experience. But, I mean, we fought. We fought in the street. And uh, at one point there, and this is a very important part of my message, if you're in a battle, and you're in the heat of the battle, don't take a break. Don't take a break. You know, that's another thing Satan will try to get you to do when you're believing for something. He'll try to get you to back off a little bit. He'll try to get you to take a break from it. And that's a huge mistake. Because what I did, 
I stopped for a second because I was tired and I took a deep breath. And when I did, he hit me right in the Adam's apple and knocked me flat on my back. He was waiting for that opportunity. But, you know, I didn't stay there because I knew if he got on me, it would probably he would finish it. And he would have killed me if he could have. He would have killed me that day. I jumped up and I ran back to the patrol car, grabbed the mic, called for help, grabbed a beautiful gift called a slapper off the dash. And a slapper, like 12 inches long, leather with lead inside. It's kind of flat. It's got a handle on it. When I turn around, he's standing there in the street. <clears throat> and he is, he is covered in blood. It's a pretty sight. And uh, he's saying, come on, you blankety blank, 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 blank. Referenced my mother several times. Which <laughs> she had nothing to do with it. He didn't know my mama. But i tell you what, it'll give you some incentive to go tear somebody's head off. And when he's saying, come on, I said, oh, I'm coming, buddy. I'm coming, and I have a little gift for you. And I went out there, and I'd like to say I came at him like David did Goliath, you know, as a covenant person. I didn't. I, I came at him from the authority invested in me by the state of Texas, but uh, not near as good as a covenant with God. But we did an attitude adjustment in the street. And he left out of there with a new perspective. You know, after he got out of jail and after he got out of prison later. And as far as I know, he became a model citizen. But I was, I was long gone from that time. But here's the thing. You've got to go at your problem with determination. You've got to go at your problem knowing who you are in Christ. And if you'll do that, you'll win every time. You'll win every time. See, it's not rocket science. The Bible's not rocket science. The Bible is truth. It is truth all the way. And if you put your faith in it, it will work for you. And you can't just try it for a little bit. That's not faith. Faith has endurance and patience with it. Amen? You've got to stay with it. So we get down to the fight scene. Goliath is still talking trash. You know, he's telling David, really? They sent out a kid to fight me? I mean, you know, he just looked down on him. That's the way Satan does you. That's the way your giants will do you. They'll try to make you feel less than. But David responds to the guy, Goliath in such a beautiful way. Let's look in 1 Samuel 17, 45. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. And the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. And you know, every one of these scriptures we've looked at, when David, when he was speaking to his brothers and the other warriors in the army when he was speaking to Saul and when he's speaking to the giant he never wavered off course it was always I'm coming at you as a covenant man and I'm going to win this battle and there's a great lesson there for us we need to come at our battles that way every time you know on the way out there to meet Goliath David had picked up five stones for a slingshot, you know, swing it like that. 
You know, there's no other mention of the slingshot prior to this. When he killed the lion and the bear, he did it by grabbing them, using a club, whatever he used. It doesn't say he killed them with a slingshot. See, I think David was listening to God. And God might have told him, don't run up there and grab this guy by the hair like he did the bear. You know, you keep yourself a little bit of distance. But, you know, if you're in relationship with God and you're listening to God, he'll tell you how to do it. He'll tell you how to do it. I'll tell you another thing David didn't do. He didn't say, like we do a lot of times, I'll try A, B, C, D, E, F, G. If that doesn't work, then I'll take it to God. You know, or like we probably all said at one time or another, do everything you know to do, and God will do the rest. That's a wrong attitude. See, you need to take it to God first. Take it to God first, and then let him tell you how to do it. See, we, we want to try to do everything on our own, and then take it to God. Now, let's take it to God first. Let him work through us. If David had tried to beat him on his own, no, he would have been squashed just like Saul thought he would be. But David worked at it through God. That's the way we've got to do things. 1 Samuel 17, 48 says, As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. This is so beautiful. David ran to meet Goliath. He didn't run from him. He didn't run sideways. He ran at him. And if you know who you are in God, you know that you're righteous, you're redeemed, you're holy, you're healed, you're victorious, you're more than a conqueror, you're a joint heir with Jesus, a child of the Most High God, you can run to your problem. You run straight at it. You don't have to be fearful of it. I love that David did that. Another thing David did, he cut off the giant's head. Just like he said he would. David didn't have a sword when he said he was going to do that. But he took Goliath's sword and cut off his head. See, David had so much confidence that he was going to win this battle. And he was going to do everything that he said he would do because his trust was in God. Amen. That's the way we got to be. You know, if, if we want to make a difference, if we want to be different, we need to have that determination like David had. We need to have that determination that I don't care what this giant problem is. I don't, it does not matter. I'm a covenant child of the Most High God. Jesus has paid for everything I need. It's already been done. And I'm going to live my life that way. When you get that mindset... You're undefeatable. You're undefeatable. You'll learn to evaluate your problems in light of that. You know, if you don't leave out of here with anything else today, you need to evaluate your problems in light of what God says about you, not in light of how big your problem is. See, the whole Israelite army, they were warriors. Those guys knew how to fight, but they talked him up so much that they thought he was unbeatable. That's a good lesson. Don't be talking about your problem so much that you think it's unbeatable. David took his problem to God first, not as a last resort. 
And the bottom line here, there's no giant too big for you and God together. There is no giant too big for you and God together. You know, I, I would just urge you this morning, man, get into the Word of God. If, if you don't really know what Jesus has done for you, look in Isaiah 53, what was prophesied about the cross. Read Psalms 103. It will tell you everything you have in Jesus. And if you get that in your heart, and you start saying those things, and you start believing those things, you're going to see a difference in your life. You're going to approach problems different. You're going to look at everything different. And it's going to be for the better. You know, if, if you're here this morning, and maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe this is your first time to hear about Jesus. Or maybe you've been following Jesus for a while, but you haven't really given yourself totally to him. See, I used to be one of those. When I, when I went in law enforcement, you know, I always thought I had to keep a little rough portion of me. I never would give myself fully to God because I thought, well, you know, I might need a rough side at time or two. And then I started reading about David. And about two years into my law enforcement career, and that went for 35 years. But two years into it, I said, you know what? The greatest warrior we've ever known was David. And if I can be like David... I can be a warrior too. And so if you have that attitude towards whatever you're facing this morning and know that God is behind you, you'll win. You'll win. So if you don't know Jesus, if you just bow your head with me for a minute, for those of you that have never met Jesus, you've never accepted what he's already done for you through his atoning work, if you just raise your hand, if you're ready to accept him today, and say, I want everything that Jesus has for me. There's benefits to serving him. And I want those benefits. Just raise your hand. And we're going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Believers, just lift your voice with us. Father God, we thank you. You're our awesome daddy God. And we have a covenant with you. And it's a covenant of blessing that you've forgiven all of our sins, past, present, and future. The blood of Jesus has taken them away. And we thank you for that today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you all. Our prayer team is, is coming down prayer team come on down you know if thanks for listening to this week's message from celebration church we hope you'll stay connected by following us online you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter